Hello and welcome to another special edition of Everyone's Entitled to One Good Scare, the Archive's exclusive Halloween franchise podcast. And today we are doing a special All Blanchard review. If you watched, uh, watched, if you listened to our previous shows, uh, you know that we did this at the end of the Camp Crystal Lake series. We have special guests with us today. I am one half of your regular hosting duo. I am Matthew J. Blanchard. With me, as always, Patrick J. Blanchard. And our two special guests. Introduce yourself, fellas. Uh, this is Noah Blanchard. The boss. And, and I'm Gavin Blanchard, and, and I have watched all the podcasts, so I'm ready to talk <laughs> hey, about Hey, if you Halloween. watched them, I'm impressed. Yeah, Gavin yeah. figured out how to watch them. <laughs> he He's on the a code. completely different level i have transcended prepared this this episode i know what it is you have us you have a hidden camera in superman's eye right across from me don't you (laughs) yeah that's a lovely shirt you're wearing i know isn't it yeah brings out the color in your eyes (laughs) all right patrick that one again come on man you've worn that like every episode this is my fall outfit please my (laughs) summer outfit was definitely short sleeves (laughs) Denim shorts and sleeves. Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> hey, I haven't worn denim shorts since at least 2000. Yeah, he's, he's took, not in for their Canadian tuxedo. It took me three years of George jokes to get Dad to stop wearing jean shorts. And, like, I came in the house one day and he's like, I got these. And they were, like, weird khakis. weird color khaki. It's like khaki shorts, but it had, like, a weird print on them or like something snazzy and i was like chickens or something yeah good job pop (laughs) just not anything but denim shorts and we're good all right so first tangent of the night accomplished indeed we (laughs) we jumped right into that tangent i love it yes but we are gonna we're gonna set down the uh the, the the sort of the rules of the evening which is we are going to be talking about the entire halloween franchise um, and we're going to do this in kind of a loose structure before we rate, sort of rate and review. Um, I know everybody kind of compiled a list of their favorite, uh, their favorite Halloween movies. Um, but first thing we're going to do is we're going to open up the floor because I know you guys have opinions on these movies just like we do. Um, is there anything that you wanted to cover in any of the, the previous ten episodes that Maybe we didn't get to. Maybe uh, maybe you don't even know. Maybe you didn't listen. I don't know. Um, what are the things you want to talk about about Halloween? Jump Anyone? right in, Gav. Um, I'm mainly just interested, really, in where you guys... Honestly, just having listened to everything you guys have talked about, where would you take it if you had the reins to it now? Like, what would you do from, from the new one? I don't know if we're going to discuss the new one as much, because we did... A hot take already. Which oh, I feel pe- we could definitely talk more about uh, about yeah. Halloween 2018. Well, see, the idea I had was like I look at it as there's three different timelines. You have mm-hmm. the one, two, H two O. You have the one through H two O, where you have like the Jamie Lloyd backstory, and then you have this new one we've set up. So my idea, I was wanting to kick around like. What would you have done different in each each of those three separate, like, I don't know if you want to call them universes or timelines, whatever you want to do. Because I watched Halloween 4 last night, and I forgot how much I love that movie. Like, right? as, ba- as much as it's like, eh, it's 88, my birth year, it's all this. It's like, it's been so long since we had Halloween. All of a sudden, it's back, and it's like, man, 
you know, for what it would have been in the 80s, probably not that bad. You know, it's it's actually really good. I like it. Yeah. It's crept back up into the top top five, you know, discussion. It's it's in my top three, to be honest with you. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier tonight. What I would do if I had the reins moving forward is I would actually, I'd open the door for any continuity. It wouldn't fucking matter. So if you wanted to make a movie that was a sequel to the 1-2-H-2-O timeline, that'd be, that would play just as easily as a David Gordon Greeniverse movie. So just, just make it a Halloween fucking multiverse and just make whatever you want. And what I would do first is I would make a direct sequel to Halloween 4 that picks up 30 years later. Jamie Lloyd has been in an insane asylum since she stabbed her foster mother at the end of Halloween 4. And she gets out of that, uh, she breaks out of Smith's Grove to track down and kill Rachel Carruthers' two children. One of whom is a teenager, one of whom is nine years old, just like she was. Hmm. I dig it yeah, a lot. Yeah, digging that a lot. I would, I would go a completely opposite direction. Okay. I would start off in the burnt-out shell of a factory. Oh, Yes. There's a young man who's looking around, sifting through and finding a disc, going, yes, grandfather's work will continue. And they develop an app that every child wants for Halloween. Like, like it would allow them to track where all the good candy is? Yeah. And it'd be, you know, it'd be the Shamrock app, and, you know, if you paid extra money, you'd have the silver Shamrock app? Exactly. Boom, I dig it. Dig it. And only, okay. only okay. one man can stop it. The son of Dan Chalice. <laughs> and this Silver Shamrock app, it's not like a, a dating app for older Irishmen, like Silver <laughs> Fox Irishmen. It's just, it's just it's, to find out where candy is? It's just, because yeah, yeah. it's, it's a joke on the Just children. to find out where the candy is? Is the okay. best candy. Okay. <laughs> shit, you gotta know where the good shit is in town, man. You want full-size Snickers. Some people excuse, have Toblerones, motherfucker. Me. Before we get too far off this, and before I forget, um, who would play young Dan Chalice? Uh, let's see. Chalice, child, looked like he was about nine in 82. Yeah. That was 36 years ago, so 45. Ryan Reynolds. Dan Ryan Reynolds. He can do anything. Yeah, but he, he could be the shark in Jaws. There's no way he's gonna deign to be in a Halloween picture. Uh, so we're looking for somebody my age-ish. Yeah. Uh, so when we're pitching this to this guy, how many nipples Adam is Scott. he gonna get to kiss? Ooh, Adam Scott. Fucking Ooh, a. Adam Scott is good. I I like that pick. Okay. Yep. I liked it a little too much. Yeah, it, it might be a little too good, but I still I think it's I think it's right on the money. Yeah. I would make a sequel to H2O, like the one you and I have always talked about. Mm-hmm. I want, like, the continuation of that. Maybe, maybe not have the Laurie Strode character back, but, like... Hartnett being Hartnett. the one out for vengeance. Yeah. I yeah. feel like he would, he would come back. Yeah. Would f- why would he back. not? I mean, what's, what's, he, what's he doing? I mean, I, I hear they canceled uh, Penny Dreadful, so... Yeah. You know. Is, is that what he's been doing lately? He's, he's That's, been... He's been on Penny Dreadful since for like the entire run until they canceled well, it, like yeah, a year or two ago. Been off for 
I, I didn't though. know what uh, Hartnett had been up to. I, I wasn't telling following you, man, him, though. So. I keep telling Noah about it, and he doesn't want to listen. Malton on movies, he gets some crazy guests, and he talked to Hartnett not too long ago, and he went through, like, everything that he'd been, you know, what he'd been doing, what he'd been up to, and then, like, you know, how he kind of got his start. If you really, really want to take the journey, uh, we heart Hartnett. <laughs> fantastic podcast oh, fantastic totally. podcast it's three buddies going through his entire filmography and uh it's pretty fun like even stuff that he appears in for like two seconds they nice. uh, they go through the entire movie wow see i thought yeah. you were making that up no that's a real thing <laughs> oh jesus uh, i wish i wish that was on our network i wish i thought of that idea <laughs> that's like the perfect kind of niche yeah right yeah maybe maybe we could capture like the danielle harris harris niche online we could Very be the, the danielle harris podcast we can certainly done the we'll watch episodes tick. of roseanne we'll talk about halloween four halloween five don't tell and mom babysitter's dead right yeah sure i'm in do you guys think she's making a comeback on the connors yes or no uh, I don't not, know. Not currently. Um, she <laughs> no. is getting ready to give birth to her second kid, so she's uh, taking an extended hiatus from acting. What are you like? Are you, are you like her secretary, your PA, or something? You, that's kind of really <laughs> creepy that you know all that. I I just follow people online and know what they're what they then put I out. I wonder how much she appreciates me tagging her in the post for Halloween four and five, and the eventual post of uh, you know, H one and two. If she anyway. likes it as much as Laura Ortiz liked being tagged on uh, Honey Island Swamp Tour, I'll be a happy man. Yes, uh, I keep looking, but we'll, we'll see. I'll keep you updated on that. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Now, uh, hold on. Before we go any further, absolutely. you have told Patrick, because I haven't. Yeah, about... it, was, it, was in, it was in the group text. Yes, but we also discovered that it was more than just one. Oh, no, I hadn't heard that. She liked... Uh, Yes, uh, it was. Would. It was one, three, and four. It was I like, think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Laura Ortiz likes our stuff, man. That's I know that would cool. make you happy. That makes me happy. Like yeah. uh, she's as as I talked about in the podcast, she's one of the first celebrities who tweeted back to me. And, and now you she guys didn't ask her to, podcast. So and you guys didn't ask her to talk to you about that stuff. Like, didn't want to try and reach out. I I, I didn't I, even know they had this sort of Twitter relationship. I, it was it was years ago. Uh, Have yeah. you slid into those DMs? Is right? that what it is? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was back in 2012. Before she got married. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, Corey cool. English just responded to me on Facebook the other day. Sweet. Maybe we should reach out to these people and do a revised episode and talk about Holliston. Do that. That'd be cool. I smell a I smell a Patreon exclusive. If we can pull, plug. This no, off. you can't. Yeah. You can't do that because if, if you're gonna ask for money for it, they're gonna want a cut of it. You gotta put it up for free. You can't like try and make money off that. Sure. They're, yeah, they're they're people and their agents will be all over you for okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. However, right. we've gotten Since off on we'll... tangent number two, gentlemen, and it's I want to hear what this Hartnett re uh, return to the franchise would be about. Well, like I would just say that he obviously like, Michael escapes. And I feel like he has to, like, go after him, so to speak. And well, he, Technically, I, what we've always talked about is really a sequel to Resurrection. Yeah, Where she has been killed, and it redeems that timeline, if you will. Yeah. Because you have Hartnett coming back with a mission to find Michael, 
you know. And get revenge for the death of Lori in Resurrection? Yeah, you can pick up right where Resurrection, okay. like, leaves off. Ignore that there was that, you know, shitty movie attached to the first 15 minutes, which is not that great to begin with. Um, right. And, yeah. yeah, you pick up from there, he's coming back, like, hello, sorry, yeah. we're being joined by a cat. Oh. Pause for a moment. Um, yeah, because I really want to know what happens to Dangertainment. Did they like skyrocket and become the new the new thing, or well, they that, like they go bankrupt? You know, that's what it is. It's he's got to get uh, he's got to get a group together. It's going to take a team to take down Michael, and of course he's going to get Busta Rhymes, LL Cool J, um, <laughs> whoever else you want to throw in there. So it's and like Fast and Furious. We get the band back together, down. kind of thing. And yeah, we just you know it's a road movie. With, uh, you know, three characters that we've seen from previous movies. Mm -hmm. And we get to know them a little bit deeper, where they're at now. Mm -hmm. And it all builds up to the the hunt for Michael. And I don't know what you want to do with, like, what Michael's up to. We could figure that out together, but... He's lying in wait till the Cult of Thorn tells him to come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just totally throw that in there. Because why not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, That's... An interesting take. Okay. And An interesting if you, take. Okay. I mean, if you if you left Lori dead and sort of like just kind of papered over Resurrection, this this multiverse would kind of... The well, inconsistencies of two Lori the, would be... Lori Exactly. Would be something I, like, I like the idea that H2O should have just ended where it ended. I think that's Agreed. a perfect end point for that character. Well, and it's a satisfying ending. And Resurrection, like, takes... Oh, Gavin is, like, losing his shit. Okay, go ahead. No, 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 no. Like, I have this whole theory I was wanting to lay down, but I was so tired the other night that I couldn't get it out. But essentially, if you... Friday the 13th, H2O, it totally fits to wrap everything into one. You change some dialogue in the new one, and you just say that in H2O it was a complete copycat, wasn't her wasn't her brother? It was a complete copycat dude. Because isn't there a Friday the Thirteenth where it's just a copycat? It's not really Jason, yes. right? That would be number yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah. So you like make H two O the copycat Michael Myers, hence trying to pull that mask off. It's like, look, look at my face. I'm just this dude. I've been, or it's me, uh, Tommy Doyle, or whatever, you know. <laughs> okay. And like, then okay, that w- yeah, okay, then. Then you can go back to this new timeline that we have in the, the new film of she's shacked up in the woods. She's like ready to roll, ready to kill this dude because she finds out, oh, wait a minute. That dude that I cut his head off, that wasn't Michael Myers? Well, shit. I'm going home to where I'm from. I'm fortifying everything. And I'm waiting for this dude to get out because he's just been sitting in Smith Grove for 40 years. If you just change a little bit of that. And you got the added trauma of, you know, having killed an innocent man. Yeah, theoretically, but you said copycat killers. So yeah, so it, it's justified, obviously. And, and then you, you have to deal with the, the the bigger problem of how the uh, the gender swap of John to uh, to Karen happens. Oh but... yeah, that too. So, well, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's fine still. Like she had John first. That was the first failed marriage because she mentions in each the new one that she's had a couple failed marriages. So that's just one. She just didn't tell us about. <laughs> You know, that's, it's that's that a lot of so dialogue just, we have to change, man. Well, it's just, it's lazy writing, but I mean, you can do it. I mean, okay. it cannot, it can't right. not be done. We bring back exposition guard from number four. Yes. He just yes. shows up and he's like, oh, Michael Myers, he gives me the willies and leads us on a, 
a Halloween 4 opening montage. And tells the, the end, whole story. And since we're copycatting it, and he goes, You're doomed. You're, You're all, all doomed. doomed. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, okay, cool, cool. I'm, I'm on board with our, our, our multiverse moving forward. Noah, what's your pitch? Okay. You you may be surprised to hear this. Okay. But I have I I maybe at this point want a direct sequel to Halloween twenty eighteen, the movie we just saw. <laughs> okay. Way to be di- way to be direct, Noah. We've all okay. gone to different areas of the franchise and I do dig that. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this does reach back though to something that I, I remember you guys discussing being a, being mulled over around the time of Rob Zombie's first Halloween, okay? Which I believe was the idea of remaking the first one, but from a different perspective. Yep. I, I had a feeling. sounding you... familiar? Yes. Okay. A movie set in and around the events of Halloween 1 was how it was described. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay, so what I what I dreamed up, and of course they would never get this specific with it, but I would totally write a spec script. You know, if they're interested, I, I'll you know I'll throw it out there. Here's the basic idea: you got a couple of teen kids who have grown up in Haddonfield under the shadow of all of this shit, but you know they're a little disturbed. They're they are fans of Michael. Okay. Okay. So, potentially, we redeem the Sartain aspect of 2018, which was my least favorite plot thread. Okay. And we have a connection where Sartain has been grooming these young kids because he's fascinated by their personalities. Like, he's been treating them, maybe, in some sort of therapy session. Maybe they've been convicted of, like, you know, something in the past uh, as juveniles or something. Okay. But basically, they're obsessed with Michael. They want to see him get out. We never saw what happened on that bus and what exactly went down with the bus crash. We saw the aftermath, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we, we maneuver somewhere in here that those kids were part of it and arranged this because Sartain had told them to, etc., etc. And they're wanting to set him free. And somewhere parallel to this, you know, they're also experimenting with their own urges, how far they're willing to go, etc., etc. Whether they're actually dressed as Michael, I don't know. Maybe we go, like, you know, the end of Scream with, like, Billy and Stu, but, like, that for an evening of terror because they know, like, once Michael is set loose, like, it's open season, the cops are going to be focused on him right. so they can pretty much get away with anything they want to. So... It's like the Christmas, entire night, man. Exactly. In the in the course of the evening, they're trying to like track his whereabouts. You can have some crossover. We see Michael in the background. We have like little hints of scenes that connect directly to the movie we just watched last year. At the point when we'd be watching this theoretically, and basically we build to an ending where those kids have tracked Michael to Lori's house, and when it is set ablaze. We get some cutaway footage of them releasing him, okay? 
Which sets up Halloween Perfectly 3. sets you up for Halloween 3. And okay. your ending is that he, of course, kills those two kids. Oh, Immediately. Fuck yeah. And yeah. that is literally, boom, he kills both of them, cut to credits. Michael is set loose again. Interesting. I like it. I, I, leaves it, leaves one of their bodies in his stead because it but we don't even need doing, that I doing mean, a sideways kind of slant universe parallel event sort of thing allows you to still have the cachet of michael in yeah. the movie but explore some you know let's get some leading characters in there who maybe go into the themes of what they were trying to explore with sartain and like what you know the exposure to evil and being around you know being obsessed and consumed by it what that does to a person and especially what it does to like a young person who's going to high school with you know we can literally have the dance scene the halloween dance scene with allison and her boyfriend like breaking up and everything that's going on in the background of these kids who are like stalking their fellow classmates there like i feel like you could do a lot of interesting shit and like just it would have been almost awesome to do like two movies at once yeah and then split them up but I've, i yeah. i think i've got a title for you and i go think, for it i think we just call it halloween 2 more of the night he came home that i yeah <laughs> cuz it it would literally fit the bill of that original title absolutely but uh, it gives us it. you know and we can even explore you know the new characters that we introduced in the previous movie a little bit more in depth as well and also introduce new interesting side characters i think it'd be an interesting direction to go and then when all of these are done we do a crisis of infinite haddonfield uh where all the various children of of laurie strode (laughs) cross time streams to kill michael myers yes or in space worse, it's the only way it ends to back to the future 2 style go back to 1978 and exist oh, they have to in and around events. halloween okay done boom franchise destroyed yeah or i guess technically they need to go back to 68 right 63 no. 63 excuse me i forgot about the 15 uh, although if all you i want is somebody in h2o the original killings happened in 1968. Yes, of course. They uh, they fudged a lot of stuff in that movie. But <laughs> I, I just want to go back to 19... Uh, I want to go back to the original. I want to go back to 78. And I just want the guy to finish his story when he's Me taking too, Loomis every time I to the graveyard. It. That's every all I want. I See, I, I'm not... I, I completely agree with you. I want to know what old Shy Bones did. What just about like him? I well, this is a movie about him. Yeah, there's two movies about him, dude. He he's been there. He's watched everything. That he's seen is it all. my alternate pitch. That's my real pitch. What I want to do is I want to go back and I want to tell this story, not of not a shy bones, but I want to go back into Halloween four, and tell the parallel story of what happened to Reverend Sayre before. Yes, I, I was thinking about this. that last night. <laughs> I oh, I could tell you're a pilgrim. To do that. I, <laughs> I want to know what he is going after. I want to see it destroy him. I want. All of that. Poor Reverend Sayer. Oh, yeah. you're hunting it. I, I saw it back there on your face in the dust. Pure as breast and blue blue, blue suede shoes. Love that guy. Care for a drink? <sighs> this is the second podcast in a row that we have waxed 
uh, waxed joyously about uh, Reverend Sayer. Because he's awesome. He's um, a scene stealer. That's yes, he definitely is. is. Uh, originally, the screenwriter intended to do just that. He wanted to. T- he had a whole story planned, where uh, where he was also hunting a shape like Michael Myers. I was like, oh, I wish I'd seen that movie. All right. So now that we've talked about where do you we know, like, yeah. Go do, ahead. do you know where you know that Reverend from? Why you like him so much? Well, I mean, the the performance is great, but uh, but. You, but do you know what other tie-in he has to this that you love so much? The actor or the character himself? The a- the actor. Um, shit, I'm trying to think where I read... I, I mean, I know. But I've I'm looked him up on IMDb within the last six months, but... It was a homeless student. What was it? What? Yes, he was a homeless man. Uh, just, just go ahead, because I'm blanking on it. What is it? He Easy, Chief. I'm walking. I'm walking. He was the bum and escape from New York. That was supposedly like trying to get the drop on Snake. Same actor, the one yeah. who's not Buck Flower. The other, yeah, the one who's not Buck Flower. Like they, he, he goes downstairs. They try to like, he, you know, he disarms him, whatever, and he's like, oh, nice boots, nice, nice boot. Boots. That, yeah, that he's that bum. I was thinking about that when I was watching. I was like, wait a minute, that's gotta be him. Terrible. So yeah, neat. All right, that's that's not where I'm thinking of him though. Like, oh, I, I mean, I didn't really want your personal one. I was trying to see if you would get to oh. Escape from New York for me saying it. Right. But if you if you can think about it, throw it out whenever. It doesn't oh, matter. Yes. It's your show. Yes, he's Old Man Withers in Wayne's World. That too. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. This is a Halloween quite podcast. What you were for, but yeah. I'm just trying to keep it all Carpenter. That's all. Well, that's that's true. <laughs> that is that is fair, fair, and we should we should keep it all Carpenter. It's Wayne's World. World. You don't need to sing it. All right, so we have talked about where the franchise could go if we were in charge of it. Does anybody have anything specific they want to say about where the franchise has been that that maybe Patrick and I didn't cover before we start digging into the nitty gritty of ranking this? Um, I mean that that was kind of my question leading into this entire endeavor was like, what? do we have left to say about these movies at this point? Well, I mean, this was... Like, and this franchise. Right. That was meant but, to be the whole thing, though. This is the final word uh, from us. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I, I'm struggling to offer anything, like, independently new of what you guys have covered. Even if it's something that, that for, you want to cover in greater detail or something personal, you know? Well, well, yeah, or okay, something right, you it. think we're okay. completely, ahead, completely wrong on. There you go. I got it. Instead of instead of us having something to say about this franchise and this movie, what does this franchise say about us oh, as people, as as a as a movie consuming public? Because let's think about it. You know, four coming back when it does is already in the height of Jason and slasher stuff. We get a drop off in the '90s. We have a original idea from another director in the 2000s, and now forty years later. This movie is finally getting a sequel, if you will. And why is it that, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember the numbers for the remake of Friday the 13th, which I thought was great. I've said it before. It kind of blends a bunch of them. Really great. I wish they'd have gone from there. And then, eh, not so much with The Nightmare on Elm Street, but why is it that this one, out of all of them, is the one that's, I mean, you know, boom, everybody's back original. Bang up opening weekend. And hopefully, you know, 
moving forward from there. Like, wow, what it is? What is it about this franchise, this film series, that what does that say about us as as consumers and viewers of it? Why do we keep coming back to it? It don't all don't all start at once. Don't, <laughs> don't all jump in. Uh, for me, well, it's it's tied up in Michael, and it's not actually tied up in Michael. It's tied up in the shape. Um, we keep coming back to it because we are seeking that pure, horrific find that we had in 78. Um, and there are times when it's just been silly, and there's no way we get it, and those movies flop. Um, we water it down, and it's not the same experience, and it flops. We get close to the original, and it's, to a degree, some success. Um, this one's so far enough removed that... There have been entire generations that have grown up with the name Halloween and not known exactly what it means, and then they get this movie, and it's excitement. But we, we are chasing that, that feeling of terror that we got in 78 that other slashers cheapen, that other slashers can't fully comprehend and recreate. They, they try to duplicate it, but like any copy, uh, it, it starts to break down, and you don't have the originality. Um, so everything just doesn't exist in the pure terror of being stalked for no reason uh, by a terror in the night that reflects your own fear back at you. And I think that's all what it comes down to. The shape reflects our fears back at us, and we always are fascinated by our fears. Um, there, there's one other series I feel that does it, but it does it differently, and that's Nightmare. Uh, because our fears have a voice in that, which is different, uh, but just as intriguing. But we keep coming back to Halloween because we want, as a humans, we fear the dark, we fear the other, we fear what's out there. Uh, but we have to face it, or, or it takes control and, and ruins us. So you're saying that deep down inside, we're all just looking for one good scare? Is that what yeah, it is? Hey, and we're hey, all hey, try, I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. Okay. Did a good job no, that's there. that's perfect, though. Yeah, I, I can, I can agree with everything that you said, Patrick. I think that's that very eloquently. Yes. Put, Thank sure. you. I I think it's also that uh, that Carpenter and Kundi did something with the original, that is yes, akin to what Hitchcock did with Psycho. He took the, the, the tools of the trade and the, his own style and created something so indelible that it entered the, the, the popular consciousness and didn't go away. And I think John Carpenter and Dean Cundy did the exact same thing when they came to 78 and made Halloween. Hmm. Michael is the perfect cinematic monster because he is built out of more than just you know, that pair of uh, coveralls and that mask, he's built out of the constituent parts of the camera frame, of the actual edit. He is made out of cinematic parts. He is the movie brought to life to scare you. And no other slasher villain, no other horror villain has been so tied directly to the pacing of a film, the scoring of a film, and the cutting of a film. It's just like the, the shower death in Psycho. It's probably the most elegantly cut three minutes in film. 
this is the most elegantly cut together slasher movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And it just impacted the culture in just the right way so that it just won't leave. Well, I mean, do you think that, and obviously we're saying they didn't, they didn't try to, these are just a bunch of kids doing some, doing stuff on the cheap. Like they weren't, I think, because that's, that's when people talk to me about it. That's where I always go. I always say for me personally, I can't speak for everybody knowing what that movie was at the time and knowing what went into making it. That has always been uh, just as much of a of a story as you know what was written. Well, see, I, it's... I I have I have a question, and th- this is only happening because I'm in my forties. Right, you, right. Do you consider yourselves kids? Uh, no, not Be- anymore. Okay, because you like, said these like were as of as of right now. I right. don't. I, I did before you said that. Now, <laughs> I don't know anymore. Be, because you, you called Carpenter and them kids making this movie. The two of you are the ages of Cundy and Carpenter. So what you're telling us is we're fucking up because we haven't done shit. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I think he's saying we are fucking up because we haven't done shit and we're older. <laughs> uh, I, I'm Fair. just... I, I don't view them as kids at this point because John was was twenty eight when he directed it. Right. He's 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 passed the curve. His brain has finally formed. <laughs> <laughs> We're going into the, the complete okay. psychological yeah. formation of a brain. So your brain right, doesn't so, fully form until you're twenty five. All right. All right. Well, how how old are the guys that are putting up the money for this though? Like how old are they? Oh, they're 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 like my age currently. Yeah, they, Erwin they, Dablins was in his forties. Um, Mustafa, so was Mustafa. I just say kids because every time I've heard them talk about it, everybody who gave them money, it feels like they considered them just a bunch of kids who had made a movie before and they were trying to do it again. You know, plus given what they look like today at twenty eight, they still look like you know. True. I mean, early twenties kids. Twenty-eight-year-old is a kid because you know he was pushing fifty at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's it's not so much just the fact that they were young, which which we can agree whether they're kids or not. That doesn't matter. It's it's the fact that when Kundi and Carpenter sat down to talk about Halloween, there was an approach. There was a there was a, a specific guiding through line of how John wanted to tell the story and he wanted to do most of it in camera you know and use the camera motion to tell the story in a way that these genre films had not done before yes because that conversation with anyone else was how much do you think we can make off this thing right i feel like they're the only people who actually sat down and said i want to talk about what evil actually is Right and and a, one way to show and like manifest it, you know, in our subconscious psyche, whatever. And and it was not about, all right. So we can make it for this, you know. How much you think we can make? You know, it wasn't right. it, it, before it was used as fuel to make the next one. You know. Yeah, yeah. That makes a, it makes a lot of sense. They came at it from a a creative standpoint rather than a a, a money a monetary standpoint. Um, yeah, that's definitely a factor. I think also, you know, the, the, the introduction of the Panaglide changed movie making, whether it was the Steadicam or the Panaglide. And this is one of the first movies 
where it was ever used. And I think the introduction of that was a, was a breath of fresh air. And it's something that we've become used to. We are used to the moving camera. Yeah, I don't think this movie could have been shot for the 325,000 oh, it was shot without it. No. Uh, they'd, have, they'd have just wasted so much time and dollars laying down track. Or well, hell, do you know how much it? Do you know how much it costs to get certified on Steadicam now? It's like six, seven grand mm-hmm. just to get your certification. So, yeah. So I had a friend who's like licensed to use a Steadicam, like course and all that. So it's okay. like six, seven grand. But it's uh, it's paid wonders for him. He he's working all the time now. Anyway, um, somebody <clears> else, <throat> somebody else who's doing stuff that we aren't. Go ahead. Hey, I have a to- we're, we're I have a doing total things side right question. now. Don't get yes, down on yourself. This <laughs> yeah. is a thing. We're doing it. Yeah. yeah. What's your question, Noah? Chuck okay. Wendig would be proud. What? Chuck total, Wendig total tells, side tells note, you to do But maybe things. one of you can answer this for me. Yeah. Uh, Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. The POV shots in that. Yes. Do we? Ha- do you guys happen to know how they were accomplished? Uh, as far as I know, based on the look of them, they look to be strictly over-the-shoulder shots. They. It, it looks like it's just handheld. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're shaky enough that it's obviously not counterbalanced like a like a Steadicam would be. I've just I've never been able to put together the like the climb up the lattice in the opening, like how that is even being accomplished. I think that's on a jib, frankly. Gotcha, because it's so like it. That's pretty it smooth. To, yeah. Yeah, you compare it to the opening of Halloween, of course, and the POV in that, and. Like the and the actual like first person murders, etc. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, but most no, of, I, most I was of just curious because I rewatched it once again this October, and right. it remains one of my favorites. And has, you know, we can have that conversation another time. But <laughs> right, I constantly war in my brain with which is which is the superior film at this point. That that is I an interesting that debate sacrilege that say. I've seen pop up online roughly every five years or so i'm i'm still gonna go with halloween there are just i'm a fanboy i admit it i mean i adore it as well and i've lived with it for so long at this point um that it is one of those things where i never know quite how i'm going to feel about it on any given watch whether like just some of the magic's going to be gone or whether i'm going to like be able to get myself roped into it again and just be there with the movie so to speak right so and that's just a byproduct of having seen it so many times so part of that i will admit is the freshness of having only discovered black christmas in the last like five six seven years maybe well i mean the title of this podcast is Everyone's Entitled to One Good Scare, Not Freeze Your Ass Off in Canada. <laughs> yes, okay, fair enough. I will shut up about Black Christmas. I just, I, I, Although, I mean, if we ever do a, a specific Black Christmas and Black Christmas the Remake podcast, that's the title. Freeze Your Ass Off in Canada. Um, I refuse to watch that remake oh, again, God. so I will have to be paid via Patreon to do so. Um, you didn't like the remake? What's that? You didn't I, like the remake? I hate that remake. Okay. I've watched them both just once. Honestly, of all the remakes, I feel like there's only, uh, I would say, 
two or three that are really absolutely unwatchable. And one of them was that one. Thank um, you. And the other was... Don't say Sorority Row. Don't say num- Sorority Row. It was row. Nightmare. It was okay. Nightmare. Yeah. Yes, Nightmare was terrible. Yeah, the Sorority Row remake was actually pretty dope. Yep. See, I haven't seen it, and I can't find it anywhere. It was, uh, Texas it was streaming was not too long ago. Excellent. Okay. Friday was excellent. Sundown remake. Evil nice Dead surprise. was fucking fantastic. Evil Dead might be the best might be the best horror remake. I, I'd Unless put it up only against if you Friday. Dis, only if you discount The Thing as right. a remake. Yeah. I like Fright Night. Oh, Fright Night's fantastic. Fright Night's yeah. fantastic. Halloween is spotty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, keep us back on track. Like, what, what are we, I mean, you know, going with that, with the remakes of, of Halloween... Would you have done anything past two? Would you have tried to keep that line going? Or, or do you think it was just too much like, you know, I don't know. I feel like they, they put a, a whole bunch on like, oh, we have to explain the evil. And that's just the only thing I didn't really care for in the Rob Zombies. But like, would you have tried to maybe continue from that? Like, do you think there's a meeting somewhere where they're like, okay, you know, so we got these two. What are we going to do? We're going to, we going to, we're going to let Rob do a third one. Oh, he doesn't want to do a third one? Okay, well, we're going to keep this storyline going, so what do we got? You know? they, they were planning on it. On it. Yeah. They uh, they had Todd Farmer, who uh, wrote Jason X, uh, draft a script called uh, Halloween 3D. Yeah. Um, it uh, kicked around in pre-development for, um, God, I'm going to say a year and a half, uh, two years before they finally pulled the release date. Um, Todd Farmer and Patrick Lussier pulled out to uh, make Drive Angry. Yep. Um, the there was a, a f- another script attempt that didn't get very far. Uh, there was a script from uh, Dunstan, uh, who wrote the Saw stuff, la- yep. the later Saw stuff, uh, called Halloween Returns, which wasn't off of um, the Zombie Verse. But wasn't fully re-engaging the Carpenter verse. It was this weird sort of hybrid. Weird sort of hybrid that got as far as announcing uh, shooting locations in Louisiana before the plug uh, was pulled on that one. And, and that one was pulled of, yeah. in fifteen, just oh, wow. um, like six months before the announcement that this movie that just happened was announced. And in between those two, there was there was some sort of conversation with Scout Taylor Compton, because she was hinting at it on her Twitter, that somehow she was in talks with Malek about Malik about making another Halloween. Yeah. So it it like right up until we found out that it it was done and it was coming back to Haddonfield and coming back to Jamie Lee Curtis, it looked like there was gonna be another with Scout Taylor Compton. So. Because yeah. she has to work again, right? Well, I mean, she's still working. She works. She she does she does a lot of uh, uh, VOD and DTV videos, uh, movies. And she's like a model and shit, you know. I was just testing Patrick's knowledge to see if he knew a lot about her too. That's uh, oh, I do. Oh, he does. I do. Uh, <laughs> he I, I, follows. I follow her Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's your age, Gavin. He loves him some scouty. I do Compton. love me some scouty pouty. <laughs> Did you just give her that nickname? No, I didn't. That's that's her Twitter handle. Oh my Jesus. 
So, Scouty, if you're listening, um, we appreciate you, and we love the remakes for uh, Daniel Harris's performance in them. So, I'm just hey, hey, I, hey, I, hey, 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 terrible. hey, hey, I, I like Scout in number two quite No, a bit. I thought you, I, I honestly, I think you said at one point, Matt, you were like, eh, that's just like Rob Zombie's take on it, like what would happen? And like once I kind of started thinking of it in that terms, not so much that it needed to be like, the Halloween people know and like, oh yeah, right. I gotta see this and that. I I could appreciate it for what it was because like, I don't know what it is about him. I will give it to Rob Zombie. I don't know what the fuck he does to people to get performances out of him them the way he does. But some of the stuff with Danielle Harris and the um, the one the first one when she actually lives, some of that is just like I don't I don't know if I want to sit here and watch this man. Like I don't know what you're doing, how you're getting her to go that deep, but it's it's. Yeah. It's just a little, little much, man. He, so kudos, but at the same time, can you stop? Maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I gotta say, I mean, number two is even deeper and even more of that, and it's more. Oh yeah, raw. definitely. And I for sure kudos to that. I mean, that one's it. It's in my top five. I love Halloween two, and I'll fight me on it. I, I'll, I'll defend it to the end of the end of the earth. I love that movie so. And so much of that is built on Scout Taylor Compton's vulnerability in the director's cut where she plays this this utterly broken Laurie Strode that I think not even Jamie Lee Curtis was able to approach in this movie. Like, I think Scout showed us what could really happen to somebody who was a... a <laughs> yeah, because she never really gets that moment in yeah. the original Halloween 2 because she's like essentially... You know, incapacitated for the bulk of the movie. Yep. But yeah, we never really get to see her process, and that that is a thing I think goes back to like why it's why this one has been so successful is just her return in general because people attach her to the franchise, even people who you know maybe missed out on the midsection and they only yeah. know you know one two. NH2O, maybe Resurrection. And to them, Jamie Lee Curtis is Halloween. Like, right. it's it's not Michael Myers that's bringing him in. But I also think it's just, like, the perfect synergy of what's been trendy in, like, big Hollywood releases, even though this is a, you know, $10 million indie movie. In <laughs> right, quotes. air quotes. Um, but the whole revival of, like, you know, long dead franchises or wayward franchises and like getting them back on track and feeding you back the things that you love and giving you like a nostalgia trip that's one of the things i really appreciated about the new one is i didn't feel like it leaned too heavily into any of that till like it stood on its own but yeah um at the same time it does rely on a lot of your just general goodwill towards the series. Yes, very much and, so. Yes. Um, and my worry was that they were going to Force Awakens the Halloween franchise. And I don't think they did at all. I don't, no, I think I they last Jedi'd the, the Halloween franchise. Which I think is a good thing. I think so too. Kind I, of. I think so yeah. too. I just, my concern is, because I, I haven't gone back for a repeat viewing yet. I was going to today, but I, I just didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I still haven't been back either. My worry is that the Emperor has very little clothes. 
and that this might not hold up to repeat viewings the way the others did. For example, if you asked me to make my list, my ranking of the Halloween movies, two weeks after I saw Halloween H2O, Halloween H2O would be my number two, and it would have, I would argue that it would stay that way forever. Absolutely. That's not necessarily the case. I mean, it, it's still mm-hmm. high on my list, but it didn't consistently remain that high. My concern is that while 18 is, is high on my list now, will it still be a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that is contingent on where they decide to take it. Like, and you know, also how it retroactively watchable. may, yeah, you know, resurrection does kind of dampen H two O. It takes the sting off of that ending. It, it takes does. the satisfaction off of that ending. So I kind of wish it wasn't there, and I hope I hope we don't run into a situation like that because it's yeah. it is fantastic closure for the new story that they introduce. But again, I'm like I feel like they think Michael is the attraction and that he will continue to be the center right. of it. And I just if we open with again, I just pitched a whole thing where it's like yeah, and we show him escaping at the very end of the second movie, leading you into three. Uh, well, but so you cheapening that like he you know he doesn't die there yeah it doesn't have the same level of catharsis and like you know satisfaction and payoff to the story they were trying to tell with laurie the entire movie and some of it like we talked about is like a little clumsy here and there Mm -hmm. but for me it got there but if they rob that ending by you know boom he's back he's pure evil he's not human what are you gonna do you know, I I don't I feel like I will still be in for it, but I'll just be a little bit disappointed. In as much as like the table is open right now to right. do whatever anthology, you know, whatever approach they want to take. But yeah, I just hope they you know they've learned from their mistakes and they're not. I feel like they were such students of the franchise, based on what we saw, that they know where the pitfalls are. Hopefully, so that they won't repeat it but you know, well, at the same time happened. we know that they had a, a a much more final ending and then went back and shot it so it was nebulous again so i mean they they are following the the standard tropes that you would expect so you know i, I yeah <laughs> we'll see yeah. Well, why do we even have to go? Like, that's like I get. You know, we finished the story and everything. So, what's uh, this is my one question, and maybe maybe there is no answer to it. Maybe you guys would agree. Why do we have to go back to like Michael Myers, Laurie Strode? I mean, why can't I don't we just want to. no 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 I, no no I no, 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 no not, not like that? I'm saying like why can't we just have we let's remake Halloween, but let's not assign any it, it keep his name Michael Myers. That's fine. He could just be. He could be the the Freddy Krueger of Halloween, like that person from right. that town that did that thing, and it doesn't matter about the Lori character, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like it, like I mean, because I kind of was kind of feeling that a little bit again with the Rob Zombie ones. It's like, you know, we're focusing a lot on him as a child, so I'm I'm meant to be told what the evil is, and I don't need that. I just I just need to know it's evil. So why could we not just go? Okay, yeah, that was great, Halloween. 
that was it. That was like Laurie Strode's, la- you know, last hurrah, whatever you want to call it. Right. Now I'm going to make Halloween, and it's just going to be about this dude. And you can even go back and you make it a 70s nostalgia one. Take it into the future. Yeah. Make it present day. Do whatever it is. And it's just the babysitter murders. And that's all it is. I would love that. You know, as much as I, I dig Patrick's idea about, you know, the whole shamrock thing. Um, I would I could just as easily go for... Yeah, no. I, a whole thing of just this guy stalking people, killing. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of there is no continuity. Just abandon it, and you can essentially do anthology, and it it fits in with the multiverse, like you guys were talking about, where you can cherry pick moments from the franchise to like dip back into. Right. But it's just the understanding that like every Halloween, you're gonna get a Halloween movie starring Michael Myers, and it's up to the director and the writer. To decide what they're going to do with that, you have a set budget. Just like go the film festival that they that and, I'm in, and that's that. They give you the first and the last lines. You just have to come up with the six minutes in between. Same thing. It'd be. It, I think that'd be an interesting approach, and I'd be down with it. I and feel I think, it would probably get very repetitive after three or four films. Probably. Um, yeah, but maybe the, not but, every Halloween. Maybe but every the, other the fifth, Halloween. The fifth one, you tie it back into Patrick Shamrock idea. And right. it's literally just this old Irish, like, Celtic druid priest dude. And it's, like, him telling you all these stories about this crazy Michael Myers guy. And, yeah. like, he's just he's just on a, on, a, on, a, on a cliffside with a bonfire in the 1400s. Oh. And it's, like, and it's just, like, oh, he's telling you these stories. But, you know, they're all, they're, they're, it's about evil. And he knows all of this just because he's a druid priest, some Samhain, like he just knows what evil is. So he's crafting these tales of he's things. Our, he, our crypt keeper. No, he's the old man from the fog. Basically, that's all he is. Gotcha. Eleven fifty-five. Time for one more story. Keep us warm at the campfire. Hmm. Sorry. I, I. That'd be an interesting. Uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. That's all. Was I was just, I I gotta have one of those moments each podcast, guys. I gotta have something where it feels like I contributed and I wasn't just being overbeared by like people who know more than me. So thanks, <laughs> appreciate that, and uh, we'll keep it rolling. All you right, it, brother. I, I did <laughs> it. All right. So, any before we get into the ranking, last call for for calling us out on something or an opinion or, or throwing out a thing, a personal story, anything. Um, I will, I mean, before we get to the rankings, I guess, just say up front that I don't think I have the same level of love for 4 that you guys do. Not that I don't think it is, it is good and one of the better ones of the franchise. Right. But I'm wondering... When contextually did you see it, and when in relation to the first one? I forget. Um, I did not see any of them until I was 17. And did you binge them in order? Yes. I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Uh, skipping number three. So I went straight from Halloween to Halloween That's 2. That's right. Okay. Then 4, 5, 6. Then 3. Then H2O when it came out later that summer. Gotcha. So... Yeah, I it's always been one of my favorites like on like constant rotation during like AMC Fear Fest and stuff like that. Right. But that's another case like with Resurrection relative to H2O 
five retroactively like leaves four kind of dangling for me because i'm like you had a perfect setup to take it in a really interesting direction and this is what you did with it and for me five is so unsatisfying that like if i'm watching them through in order like it just it cheapens four just a little bit i i I certainly agree with that yeah i think that is why for me the franchise has endured over the years and everything is more so I mean, we can sit here and argue it if you want to, but <laughs> I feel like more so than Elm Street and more so than Friday the 13th, there have been less extreme valleys and more extreme peaks throughout the course of Halloween. Right. There has been more quality output across the entire franchise. Sure, sure. Some of it somewhat divisive, you know, depending on how you feel about the Rob Zombies, but there have been these high marks of quality that I challenge, you know, put the first three or even put the first four of Halloween up against any of the first four of the other big three. Oh yeah. There's I just, think there's no Halloween's going to come out on top. Totally. Exactly. Um, I mean, nightmares, if I'm talking the first four, two of those are truly good movies. Two of them and, are mediocre. The Fridays, well, shit. One of, them one of them is a really, really great movie. movie. <laughs> Three of them suck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Halloween, you have four, I think, well, solid movies. Um, I would argue that two is probably the worst of that bunch. Yes, and that's, a, that's one thing I'll say from childhood viewings, because, again, by the time Gavin and I are getting to these... They all, like, I think H2O had just come out in theaters. Right. And, like, we eventually saw it. A year or two removed. Yeah, we eventually saw it on VHS. So, probably, like, 99, 2000, somewhere in there. And so, in watching them all straight through, one and two, you know, were very much a pair to me. Right. Because I didn't experience them as, like, oh, there's this three year gap. It's a different director. It had the consistent visuals, even though, you know, the, the body count went up and the gore went up. So I didn't to you, it much. actually felt like it was the second half it felt, of a complete It really story. did feel like a continuation. Okay. And they were often paired together again on TV when I was watching them. We had the VHSs of 1, 2, and 3 before gotcha. we ever had 4, yeah. 5, and eventually 6. So that was another thing. But yeah, so the first three out of the gate, I mean, those are the ones I watched on repeat constantly. So I have more of a nostalgic attachment, and I can say, as a little kid, I didn't, you know, I hadn't learned all of the John Carpenter-isms, right. if you will. So in my head, it was just like, oh yeah, it's the same people. Like, they probably made this movie, like, the next year, or right after. Gotcha. And, like, not fully understanding how movies are made, or knowing any of the history of the first one, really. And, yeah, so that's how I took it. And then three, I always, like really really loved as a kid not getting the real anomaly factor of it and the fact that people would be pissed off that like michael myers wasn't there i was just like this is a creepy movie like i don't want one of those masks on my head i don't want worms crawling out of me (laughs) and snakes like you know see i hated that the number three when i first saw it three three really did a number on me as a kid and probably the sequel that i have to this day watched the most uh, other than maybe H2O. See, so I'm the same. I've actually... Well, I'm not the same in that I loved it the whole time, but 
I have grown to the point where I watch that movie every Halloween, regardless of whether I rewatch any of the others in the franchise. Three is my go-to. On Halloween Day, I'll watch three. It's a good afternoon movie. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot, just so many daylight sequences. Um, And then you can ease into the third act when everything gets dark again. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, so, but transitioning into four as a childhood watch, like. That was the first time I was ever like, uh, there's some like cheesy elements here. Like, yeah. even having the remove at that point and having seen enough other horror movies to have issues with like the whole, you know, this door, it's blasted shut, it's, it's metal. God damn it, it's metal. Mean? What does that mean? Yeah. We're trapped that in whole this thing, house. Yeah. Like, even as a kid, I was just like, well, this is just dumb. Like, did, yeah. why did they not take more time on this? Especially like, with, like, two seconds why later is when he shoots the, the metal lock like, off the yeah, school. Right. Come on. What the hell is going because on? Because your child brain so, doesn't understand, hey, there was a writer strike and they wrote yes, this in 13 days. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and my brain now goes like, hey, they were doing the best with what they had. But I mean, for 13 I, days turnaround, that's a good script. Yes. You know, I'll grant Absolutely. That. Uh, I think and, one of the reasons four does work for me is because, and, th- and this is just a theory why it works for me and maybe not for you. You don't have the nostalgia of having watched it a lot as a kid and, and yada yada and all that. When I watch it for the first time at 17, Jamie Lloyd in that movie is eight, nine years old in 1988. Mm-hmm. I remember being eight, nine years old in 1988. Like, it's, that's literally my childhood. She's my age. So I was able to connect to it on that level. Like Yeah, I almost honestly, looking back at it, think I had that perspective of, like, oh, I'm, like, 12, 13. Like, what are these annoying little kids doing in a Halloween movie? Like, where's the teenagers? Like, where's the right. hot girls? And, like, stuff like that. And maybe holding a bit of a grudge for just, like, oh, I got to listen to, like, Billy Wine through, <laughs> like, the back half of five. And well, Tina nobody likes and Billy. these obnoxious characters. Tina! Uh, don't, let's. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. There is. I kind of wish I'd they, kept it. There they was don't know a, d- d- where they went, <laughs> but, but I do. The Tower Farm. There was a knockdown dragout on Mike about fucking Tina that I cut <laughs> from the Halloween Five episode because Patrick takes uh, in insulting Tina and Halloween Five a little personally sometimes. <laughs> Fucking love will, Tina. So we got into this conversation, cre- and he was just sniping back at me about like how terrible Halloween Resurrection is, and I'm like, I know. What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, because on my list, I've always been pretty plain. And then Halloween Five is is dead bottom, and I rate Resurrection a little higher. And Patrick Absolutely. was like sniping at me in the middle of the talk conversation about Five about my feelings on resurrection because he felt personally hurt. I really wish I'd kind of kept it because it was amusing listening, but I, it just didn't, it didn't play. So I deleted mm-hmm. it. Gotcha. So, uh, so let's, let's not gang up on five. I mean, I have it well down on my list. I know, but I, you enjoy it. And I do enjoy it. I don't understand why, but you do. Because I know those girls. Yeah. Because you were a teenager at that point in your life. Yes. They like they're they're like sense. they're like the seniors. They they the I knew girls like that who were seniors in high school who after school dressed like that because our dress code did not allow that. 
So basically what you're saying is it's it's your personal nostalgia for your own youth? Yes. See, that makes a whole lot more sense than all the other fucking justification you've given for liking that movie. I'd accept that more. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> all right. So I, I think that's I think that's a good enough broad conversation to get into sort of the rankings. For sure. We've Definitely. got eleven movies. We've got four opinions. Unless we have a fifth, do we? Uh no, we do no. not. No. Okay, just, so just it's just the Blanchards who have submitted. All right. I can ask the cat that's in this room and see what, what he thinks. I'll a- I'll ask the cat in this room, see what she thinks. Okay. Yeah. Number let's 11. Let's up to six opinions. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, let's go around the horn. Uh, the bottom of the stack. The worst Halloween movie. Number 11. For me. Halloween 5. Resurrection. You again. Resurrection. Halloween 5. All right. So we have two who say Resurrection, two who say Halloween 5. Is someone writing this down as we're doing this, or are we just going to go off memory? Because I'm not going to remember. I My list is written down, and I've already sent it to Noah. Patrick's okay. is written down. I can send that to Noah later. Oh, I thought we were scoring this in room. Like oh. So far, we've got two votes for five, two votes for eight. Well, yeah, we can determine what slot's in where yeah. based on how this goes. Okay. I thought we were going to make the pinnacle defining <coughs> list of yeah, the that, website. That is exactly what we're doing. Okay. And we will post it online on Halloween Day. Based on oh. this conversation and our rankings. Today! Hey, hey, happy Halloween, guys. Exactly. <laughs> happy Halloween. Um, so, the the Halloween 5 guys. Uh, Noah, <laughs> why why do you say 5? Um, <clears throat> it is the sequel that capitalizes the least on the movie that came before it. Uh, I don't like the look of Michael in the movie. I don't like any of our protagonists outside of Jamie, who, in a similar fashion to Laurie in Halloween 2, is kind of sidelined for a bit of the movie. But, on a recent rewatch, I did kind of appreciate the just, like, sheer emotionality of Daniel Harris's performance um, in all of the hospital sequences and, like, when she's having the flash cuts of him. While it maybe doesn't work as a storytelling element and, like, the way it's edited, she is there and, like, fully committed as a young actor where it's, like, she's really going through something. Definitely. Really, really sells it. So, I I can recognize elements and little things that I do like about Five. Loomis is still a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. And... The batshit uh, Loomis stuff is, is exactly. so fun. But... Uh, in general, it's just, it's the one I go back to the least. It is the first kind of like huge sticking point I had with the franchise when I was going through it. It was the first one that I was like, I don't like this. Like, this is, this is bad. And I, I also, I really, I can't stress enough how much I just don't like how they abandon where they left for. And I really don't like where they leave Rachel in the first 20 minutes. I think it's, you know, it's a long walk to a payoff that feels really like, cheap and unearned yeah and i just i don't know five has never really worked for me it doesn't really hold a special place in my heart yeah it's one that i normally skip but i did rewatch this october because i wanted to give it another shot and i, I stand by my ranking it is at the bottom of the barrel 
Um, I place it on the bottom, and and I think Patrick and I, uh, we we had a come to Jesus conversation about this, uh, where I think we kind of nailed it. Um, I view Halloween Five as bad because it tries things that fail drastically. Like the director wants this big gothic version of the Myers house, which doesn't make any fucking sense. He wants the cop thing which then becomes this pastiche of these weird sound effects for these idiot cops. That's the whole fucking movie. It tries to do something that doesn't work. Whereas I prefer... I, I rank Resurrection, say, a little bit higher because it's just bland and it doesn't do anything. You know, it, it's just the status quo. I, I'd rather have a status quo movie that doesn't shake the boat than a movie that tries a lot of shit that just doesn't work. So that's that's why it's on the bottom for me. Uh, you resurrection guys, tell me why tell me why it's on the bottom for you. Resurrection is on the bottom for me because it's bland, boring, and gutless, and does nothing with insipid characters. Okay. Uh, it also has perhaps the most over-the-top Michael Myers kill mm-hmm. that belongs in a Friday the Thirteenth movie with the beheading of Jen. Okay. That that is not a staple of what I want in a Halloween movie. It's too far beyond the pale. It it feels like it belongs in a in a latter Friday movie. Certainly, uh, I would argue that the Tower Farm scything also feels like it belongs in a Friday and not a Halloween movie. It does, but that one. Five. But it it feels. Just slightly outside. Right. Whereas, it, it, it belongs in an early Friday movie. Yeah, whereas this, this beheading is just comical. Yeah, sure. Um, there's, I don't find any character in this movie likable, uh, with maybe the exception of Miles, the middle schooler, high schooler, who's trying to get with the college girl. Uh, <laughs> right. the, the lead, I, I don't find interesting. Um which is saying a lot because I like the actress quite a bit. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff that I like, but in this, nothing. Once again, in our Dawson's Creek podcast, we will talk about Bianca Casually quite a bit. You guys seriously um, I, have to do that. I don't mind Busta Rhymes. That a lot, a lot of no. people no, uh, have problems that. with Busta. Yeah. Busta for me oh, he, is like he elevates this one. He does uh, even with for his sure. his karate kicks and his hia noises. Um, this this movie, Rick Rosenthal does not know how to direct a Halloween movie. No. Yeah, he's not great at Either it. this one or number two. I'm done. It's boring. It's bland. Okay. Okay. I'd rather Gav. watch Leprechaun. Gav? Anything, um, anything to add I, on to that one? That impassioned... No, yeah, no. He her. he hit the nail on the head. Um, I Because to me, you take Laurie Strode out of eight, it's a ten times a better movie. Yeah. Don't connect it to H2O. Let it be its own thing. He could just have been lying in wait. He could have been whatever, whatever. But you got a bunch of people going back to his house, and he's there, and you got to deal with him. That's fine with me. Yeah, because I think the concept overall still holds up as like a perfect early 2000s. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. Movie. But I, I think it would have maybe even succeeded if they were able to deliver on their fucking premise. Um. Of a, yeah. of a branching movie where you can choose what you're watching, that sounds amazing. Yeah. If the technology was actually in place for them to have made that, fucking A. I, I'm all for it. But it didn't happen. 
Yeah, I mean, that's really my my biggest gripe about it is the fact that you're trying to, like, basically wrap up 30, 20, 30 years plus of, like, story from a character, you know, in 15 minutes, which I know, contractual obligation, yada, yada, all this different stuff, but I just, I don't like the opening, and then, you know, I don't mind Rookie of the Year, I don't (laughs) mind uh, Save the Last Dance. And I don't mind, uh, you know, I don't mind Tyra and I don't mind Buster, but um, trying to throw all them at me and then having this like, what camera here and what are we doing here? And there's a guy on the outside helping him. No, I just, I I can't. I mean, I think it would work neat now with just the technology we have to have GoPros and drones and cell phones and whatnot. And it's just like, that's, that's another point I want to bring up too. Like I've, just real quick about the original, this new one. Cell phones are a thing, but they're conveniently not used in the new one. I meant to say that the night of, and I love the, the that they aren't, because I mean, in this day and age, there's no problem reaching anyone. Yeah. But yet they still make it an issue, a very valid, very well written into the story issue of I can't reach this person on their phone, and that's that, you know. And I just I don't think I I paid enough, gave it enough credit or enough attention. Yeah. We were I mean, talking about it the other night. Actually, and, and the way they, they took, uh, what's her name? The, the, the grand Allison. 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 The way they took her phone out of the mix was kind of brilliantly played. Like it, Exa- yeah. It, it validates that entire, like, oh, I'm going to be mad at my boyfriend scene. I'm like, why do we have this? This is not, oh, no. she's going to have to use her phone at some point. And it's also because it's a nice echo of, of Halloween 4. Yep. But anyways. So yes, that true. brings us to number 10. Uh, no surprise, Halloween Resurrection is my number 10. My number 10 is Halloween 5. Don't get me wrong, I love this movie. <laughs> However, uh, its quality is lesser than the ones that come above it. Okay. Guys? Six. Six? Okay. Interesting. Uh, five. All right. So we do not need to discuss uh, five or Resurrection again. Uh, but six... Um, Let's let's keep it moving because I have a feeling we will uh, six will yeah we get higher about on it people's later. lists. Uh, number nine, uh, my number nine would be Rob Zombie's Halloween in two thousand seven. I think I'm going to hit a little controversy here. Okay, my number nine is Halloween two, nineteen eighty one. Okay, guys, my number nine is going to be five. Okay. So so consistently though, Halloween five bottom three, Done. yeah. Uh, Noah, I'm sorry, we're on eight. No, we're on number nine. Number nine. Excuse me, number nine. Uh, five. Sorry. Didn't you already say that number five was I, your? Sorry, you said that was number I, t- I said somebody needs to nine. be writing this shit down. Sorry, man. I don't have my list in front of me because my phone is doubling as the phone. Uh... Okay, so Noah, just to correct you, five was your number eleven. Yes, you and I are in lockstep so far. Ten yes. was resurrection, and nine is nine is Halloween seven. Okay. Oh, oh seven. Okay, Sorry. so we're we're kind of on the same boat. Perfect. Um, yes. Anybody uh, have a reason why they don't like? Uh, Hold on. Yours was five. What was yours? Two. Uh, why don't Why don't you dig number two, Patrick? Um, it's boring. 
Okay. Uh, Rick Rosenthal does not know how to direct a Halloween movie. <laughs> um, it has an unsympathetic cast that I don't really care about that okay. get cut off and killed, sometimes in insipid ways. Uh, it goes on too long. The chase scene through the hospital. My God, Robo Myers walks so effing slow. Um, it the the only excitement is for the Carpenter reshoots, and you can tell that a different director came in and added this in in post. Oh yeah, totally. it's it's uneven. Um, don't it's get me wrong. I love the Last Starfighter in it, but that's because I love the Last Starfighter. Um, it's just. Uh, even the Loomis cannot save this for me at this point in time. Fair enough. Uh, while I said that I love Halloween 5, the quality on this one is a little better. I don't love this movie anymore. Gotcha. Like, if, if there's a... It has, if, it has fallen... If there's a Halloween that I'm divorced from, it is Halloween 2. Gotcha. Like, nice. and it was not a pretty divorce. Fair enough. Um, but also, but also, you got tits in it. I mean, come on. Like one of the like the very few times that you see a pair of tits in a Halloween movie, right? No, no, that doesn't even save it for you, Patrick. No. Not at all. No, no, man, no. tough crowd. <laughs> all right, so and uh, we've said a lot about Halloween Five. Uh, Noah, why do you place Rob Zombie's Halloween on uh, at at this place on your list? Um, the rare exception where the sequel actually elevates it a bit, but simultaneously makes you regret that the back half of this movie is just almost a straight remake of Carpenter's original, but just a little bit more brutal. Um, It has what at the time for me was like a fantastic opening, and I was really with the movie, and I was like, all right, you know, I didn't necessarily need it to go this direction of explaining who Michael is, but I'm on board for it. Take me into this world and your vision of what Halloween is. And then when it just turns into a pretty much a straight remake i kind of lost interest with it in the theater i thought it was still like well executed in parts but it was almost just too much yep i and I, yeah we'll we'll talk about halloween 2 when we get there that's all i'll say and i'll agree almost in exactly with what you just said that's i enjoy the 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 uneven the, the uneven opening i mean it, it it's off kilter it feels good it it establishes a unique tone that makes it Rob's. And then he just throws the whole thing away and just does a shot-for-shot remake of John's movie. And it just blows the whole thing apart. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. That brings us to number eight. Which, go ahead, Patrick. Well, you've Lee. been leading off. Okay, you go with your um, number eight. Um, my number eight is Halloween, too. The 81 Halloween 2. Um, Oh, so we're that close. Yeah, they're not far off. Okay, my, and uh, very similar, my number 8 is uh, Zombies Halloween 07. Okay, see, we're not so far apart in our opinions, Patrick. (laughs) So our bottom four are the same, just not in the same order. Yeah. Uh, Guys, number 8. Yeah, Halloween 07. Okay. And Noah? Uh, Halloween two, the the eighty one, so, Halloween two. So with the exception of of Gavin's hol- errant Halloween six in the bottom four, we're all kind of on the same page, just not necessarily in the exact same order. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, I agree with Patrick. Halloween 2 is boring as shit. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I don't know how else to define that movie. It's dull as fuck. There's just way too much unconscious Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. No amount of Sam Loomis being weird will save this movie. But it looks good. And it looks like Halloween. And you can feel that Dean Kundi presence on the movie. Mm-hmm. And that, that helps me. Anybody have anything they want to say about their pick at this level? Or do we move on to number seven? Uh, let's roll. Yeah, let's roll. I think I've been... You guys have been echoing the same sentiments. If I hear something that's like yeah, out of line... Like a huge I'll... disparity. I'm interested to hear what you have to say on six, but we'll get right. to it when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, well, that would be my number seven, in fact. My number seven is Halloween six. Uh, and when I say the ho- when I say Halloween six, I specifically mean the uh, the, the theatrical cut, not... The director's cut, or the producer's cut. Uh, yes, I uh, cannot comment on the producer's cut because I still have not seen it, but I plan on listening to your guys' Patreon-exclusive cast uh, as soon as I have. I'm actually ordering it from Amazon as we speak. Nice, nice. Yes. Okay, so Patrick, what's your seven? Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Okay. Noah? Uh Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers. We can talk about it now. All right. What, what was Gavin's number What's seven? Gavin's number seven? My number seven is um, Halloween 4. Halloween 4 is low. Oh, man. Oof. Yeah. Oof. I don't know if we're I have, my, I have my methods. Hey, I'm, I have my I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So, Halloween 6. Um, Patrick? <laughs> I, I actually don't know if I can say anything more about Halloween 6 than I have said in two podcasts about two different versions of this movie. That is actually very true. Yeah, you we've, guys have We've definitely... said a lot about Halloween 6, so why don't, why don't you guys talk about Halloween 6? Yeah, if we I think disagree, you guys have we'll done it, it as much justice as, as one can do. Perhaps more 6. than it deserves. I will always have a soft spot for this movie because of its sheer weirdness. Um, this ties in a lot with what we discussed uh on the camp crystal lake revisited finale actually when we talked about uh jason goes to hell and when i got to that film during that franchise (laughs) rewatch with you guys um it was like a breath of fresh air just because of how different and completely bad shit it was right and i appreciate six in that sort of way that it is such a departure from everything. You know, it has connective tissue to five, of course, but it does go off in such this weird direction, and I have I feel like I've repeated myself so many times at this point, but the pre-Scream early 90s horror movie is a very interesting, weird look. Yeah, They is. just, they always are. And I really like six for everything I just mentioned, and I fully acknowledge that I don't think it's a particularly good movie but for me in terms of favorites this is where like the real the good ones start like it starts with six oh I'm yeah not saying that six is i'm not saying this is like on the low end necessarily but it it feels like halloween it it has a look that that makes you feel like you can you can in your head connect this to john carpenter's movie that yes. looks like haddonfield 
it tries to to make sense of things. It and pays off the Tommy Doyle character and introduces us to weird as shit Paul Rudd. Exactly, and the Loomis character as yeah. well. Because even as a kid, just like realizing, oh, Donald Pleasance is like he's dead, and this was his last one in this franchise, and like you know, it had been such a big part of his career, even though he had had a huge career beforehand. But yeah. like in his twilight years, this is what he was known for, and it's like this is you know this, this is, is his the death one wish. he went out on. So it always had kind of a soft spot for that as well. And I don't know, it's just. It's aged better because it's one of those I look forward to in the rewatches because it's like it's so vastly different from anything on either side of it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, Gav, anything to add about six? Or? Yeah, you had it particularly. You had it particularly. Low, so. I just I can't I can't get I I can't get into it. The, the mask, the whole like finalization I think of the, the mask thorn. looks better than five. The one thing. Oh, it's definitely wonky, better, than it looks better than five. Yeah, but way better than five. I just I don't I I can't I can't get behind it's it. It's not your bag. It's just not it. It's not saying it's terrible. It's definitely no Halloween. And I'll also say you should watch the Prowler. <laughs> I did watch the Prowler. Oh, we got to talk about that. Prowler. Yeah, we could talk about that whenever you, you guys want. You should do your own. Yeah. God, it finally works. Somebody watch the Prowler. The Prowler for like two hours. Definitely do that. Um, which one are we on? Uh, this will now take us on to number six. Uh, my number six is Halloween 3. Patrick? My number six is Halloween 18. Oh. Uh, Gavin? My number six is Halloween 3. Oh, okay. I was pausing for effect, sorry. <laughs> I know, I, I, I was like leaning in, I was, I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Nobody could see it, because this is an audio medium. Uh, Noah? Halloween 4. Halloween 4, okay. Um, well, the Halloween 3s. Uh, Gav, why don't you uh, let us know, why is Halloween 3 on the, at this point in your list? Um, because I... I definitely think it's better than the the two and the back half of the series, and then like what they tried to reboot. Um, and I've everybody said it; it's the cliche of it. Just don't call it Halloween. Call it Season of the Witch. Make it its own thing, and you have a brilliant movie. I mean, it is utterly terrifying when you think about the master plan of this evil warlock, and it's one of those where you know I. I wish that Tom Atkins could do for this movie what he does for every other movie, which is just kill. I mean, like anytime you have Tom Atkins show up, it's like, oh, this is gonna be great. I mean, name a movie where, name me a great movie that Tom Atkins is in, like that that he that he's in that isn't perfect. Like, give me a movie he's in that isn't like the dopest shit. Night of the Creeps. And it's, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? You want to throw down right now? It no is. It is even... cliched and over the top. Oh, fucking dude, he is... you can add that to the list of the contrarian cousins because <laughs> I, will, I will die for Night of the Creeps. I think yes. that movie is brilliant. We fucking love that movie. Oh, God. Like, I didn't like it the first time around. Oh, dude, the... How do you feel about uh, Monster Squad? Um... Are you just not... Yeah, I don't think we're going to be friends anymore. Seriously? While we're at it, let's I mean, just, let's just talk about all the Night of movies. Like... Night of the Lupus? Oh, is that the Night one? With the, the that's the one with the bunny rabbits, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that one's that one's shit. 
sorry. All right. I feel like I needed to inject some humor to diffuse a situation that was... What about Night of the Comet? Night of the Comet I actually love. Okay. Fucking Night of the Comet is the best, is it not? Apparently everybody loves it. Oh, you've never never seen it? Oh, dude. I'm saving it for this this Arctober. Oh. Um, Well, you got, like, four days left. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. Sorry, three now. Well, I mean, when this goes live... You have no days left. Sorry. Oh, dude, you should have watched it. That's so shitty. Oh, you didn't get to watch it. Oh, good cover. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes, Halloween 3 is fucking fantastic. I love it. It's a lot of fun. But there's a lot of Myers stuff that I feel is a little bit stronger in the franchise than this. That's why it hits here. But, like I said earlier, this one is a Halloween essential for me. I watch it every year, no matter what, even if I don't watch any of the others. So, yeah, it's way higher on my list than you guys is. Well, you adore, you want to be that character. I want to be Dan Chalice. <laughs> I want to walk around with a Sixer or a Miller and pick up 22 year olds. And be a terrible doctor. And have Fine. a glorious stash. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you guys heard me earlier when we were talking about like what we would redo with this, but like. If you're going to remake three and like recast and whatnot, uh, the guy that you're going to get, like, or your Patrick's version of what's going to happen, um, how many nipples is he sucking on <laughs> in that movie compared to this one? Well, I mean, it depends. Is the actress going to have a no nipple clause in her in her contract? I don't know. Is she going to be an android or are we? She's not an android when that happens. Okay. Patrick maintains that there's a point where she ceases to be a normal person and becomes an android. It's when she stops talking. I agree, but uh, but I would hope that uh, if we if we were to continue the story and there's a there's an actress going alongside our Dan Chow's character, uh, that she doesn't have a no nipple clause, and then it doesn't matter. We don't have to you know cover her nipple throughout the film. Well, it's 2018. I don't think you're going to get anybody that has a no nipple clause. See, so like, we're good. I think that's not going to happen anymore. No, I'm saying like it's not going to happen. Like they're they're it's we're done with that era. That it's dead and gone. So so we should be gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I will spew my mediocreness at Halloween 18. Go when ahead. You guys, tell when us, you guys mention it, when you when guys we put, mention it, much higher on the list, you'll tell us why you why you put it at number six. Yes. All right. Uh, okay. And uh, no, what did you have here? Uh, I had Halloween four. Right. For reasons I feel like I've already covered in the body of the cast. Yes, yeah. indeed. Just um, not as much nostalgia for it as you guys. That's pretty much it. So but we'll jump like up it. to number five then. Ooh, uh, top five. Starting the top we five are, we countdown. Starting the top five. I'm Shadow Stevens. Uh, here we are on the all time top five Halloweens, and mine is Halloween 2 from 2009 by Rob Zombie. <laughs> I'm going to hit. <laughs> I'm going to bring out a deep cut here as we are moving forward in the 2 o'clock hour in this late, late night when everybody gets deep and bassy and sexy. My number five is Halloween H2O, Halloween Water. All right. Gaff? My number five is going to be H2 from uh, the zombie guy. Nice. And Uh, Noah? I have H2 here as well. Synergy. All right. See, the three of us are on the same page. And once again, Patrick is the contrarian cousin. Um, so, yeah, you guys, uh, 
I'll let you guys run loose on Halloween too because I've talked about it a lot. Um, this is pretty much where the the real love kicks in, like from here forward on the rankings. Uh, I love this movie. It has grown on me each time I've watched it in the theater. Um, it was pretty much felt like an all-out assault, and I did not respond to it that much. I was actually like semi-pissed off by some of the directions it went in, and it's only in the unrated cut uh, at home on a second viewing where I started to turn a corner on it and really started to appreciate it for him doing his own thing, which is yeah. kind of what I had wanted that, from yep. it from the beginning, and it really was a payoff of that. And it does strengthen um, his first one. You know, it has the opposite effect of the sequel kind of elevating the one before it. Definitely, definitely. So, um, really tying in, you know, his mother and the visions, all the white horse imagery, where they leave Laurie at the end of that. Uh, the turn of Loomis, I, I love oh, how yes. different it is. I know some people are really off-put by, like, where Malcolm McDowell takes the character. But I just feel like he's having a blast. I feel like a lot of people are just having fun kind of hamming it up in parts. But then it's anchored by these really gritty, real, raw performances from Brad Dourif, Daniel Harris, and Scout Taylor Compton. Who just, like, really make you buy into living in the aftermath of that um, in a way that is more visceral than I think anything we get in the franchise. I, I think it's one of the best entries. And kind of embraces the spirit of like where I would like to see it go and as much as like just hand it to somebody who has a vision for it and let them run wild so exactly Um, I'm going to tag in on that and I'm going to say that I want to nominate Brad DeRiff for best performance in the whole fucking franchise um, in this movie oh we should have done that as a list too that would have been a great list Although it, it also would have been sparse because, you know, those 80s movies had some bad... It's movies. all about Sasha. <laughs> it means we're trapped in this house. It's metal. It's metal. God damn it, it's metal. <laughs> Get Fuck up off, there. Wade. <laughs> Kathleen Kinmont. Fuck off, Wade. <laughs> Kathleen Kinmont with the, with the win. <laughs> She's the second best performance in the Halloween and just because of cops fuck do it by the book. Fuck I was going to say it's just because cops do it by the book. That's all. <laughs> all right. So um, yes. Yeah, so that's H two. We're going to talk about you because I had H two O and I got yeah. I got H two somewhere a little higher. I a suspect. little higher. All right. So my number four is your number five. Halloween H two O. Okay. My number four is Halloween four. Okay. Gav. My number four is how the the second Halloween. So actual Halloween two, the original. Yes. Okay. Um, and Noah. Um. It is <laughs> a movie called Halloween. It was produced by Trancus International. I've got H two O here. Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're pretty much yes. You and I are in lockstep, except for one big change. Gotcha. I have to just keep reminding myself which one you just said. Sorry, it's getting gotcha. late. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, so yes, H two O, H two O, and you said four, and 
I want to hear Gavin yeah, defend two. 2 the way that I trashed 2. Yeah, yeah. Why is 2 so high? What's... I'm curious. Two words. Well, sorry. One phrase. The Festival of Samhain. Like, that... You guys... You guys... Listen. I, maybe... Maybe I was... You know... I'm a little bit more patient than you guys are. Maybe I'm just not well versed at film. I, I don't know. But 2 works for me on every level because it's like you have this and you have back to the future and you have the karate kid and they all pick up exactly where the last one I left off that. okay that. yes there's more gunshots yes it's a completely different shooting and going over the ledge but sure. if you can't get behind you don't know what death is like it's if you can't get behind i've been trick-or-treated to death tonight yeah, if you can't get over that, like if you can't get behind this movie after that intro, if you if, if you're watching this as a marathon, you've just seen that happen in the first one, and he gets up and walks away. If you can't get behind Halloween two in that opener of recapping it, starting right there, even though we're obviously a couple years removed since we filmed this stuff, and go into it, then just don't even worry about watching it because I love that it picks up. It's more of the night he came home. Yes, she's incapacitated. Yes, there's exposition and there's stuff thrown in at the last minute. Yes, he was drunk and said, oh, it's her brother. Cool. Fine. Whatever. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Okay? Point is, that's the question I had when we were done. We are doing the review. Are we counting two? Is it all one night? No, it's just the one night from the original Halloween. Great. But I love the second one for the reasons that you guys hate the second one. I think it's... I think it's. I think it works on a different level, but again, I've always been a H Halloween, Halloween two, H two O, and that's that. That's the three that I would pick right there. To be fair, I just want I, to say, I, I heartily, do, I do not hate two. No, no. The only at all. ones I, the only ones I actively dislike are five and eight, and I will still rewatch them over and over again. Although I'm going to yeah. actively hand off the title of Contrarian Cousin to Gavin on this one. I think so. Because because oh, cool. we all had two much further down, so so Very so true. kudos kudos sir. See, I, I don't oh. dislike two in that I don't think it's a good story. I just think you have all that forward momentum coming into the movie, right? You have that intro where you're like, oh shit, it's going down, and you have uh, you know the knife uh, theft from Mrs. Elrod. You have him kill what's her name like. Jill or something like that. Yeah, uh, inconsequential um, character number yes. one. Um, and then he's off to the races at the Haddonfield Hospital, and you're like, "Oh shit, this is gonna go down!" And then it just grinds to a halt for the next forty-five minutes, seven days, and nothing happens. Oh, guys, 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 guys! Bennett Tramer gets run over. All right. <laughs> yes. That's okay. True. Can we just? You know, and then like uh, Michael just has a casual walk to the hospital with that dude with the boombox in front of him, like a leisurely is... stroll to the Haddonfield yeah. Memorial Hospital. Which, yeah, because if in, you're an employee, that... you cannot get in without going past a security guard. But if you're a patient or Michael Myers, you can just saunter on in. Yep, pretty much. Yep. You know, you were talking earlier about the fact that you wanted to have a movie from someone else's perspective. I want a movie about the kid who had a fucking busted tooth or whatever and was sitting in the ER. No, that's when, not like, a busted tooth. People... That's not a busted or... tooth. That's the most what? hard it's thing in this movie. Blade. Yes. Razor blade. Razor blade. Oh, it scares the shit out of me. 
It's the only thing in this movie that scares the <laughs> shit out of me. What's why? What's the big deal about this, dude? Thing? It was, I don't, it was just a, a gross effect. It was a gruesome. It was. It was. It was the thing we were warned about as kids on on Halloween Day. We yeah, that sure never actually happened. Yeah. Never like actually the, happened. But yeah, it was all family related. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That and we 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 weren't supposed to take uh, stickers uh, that had Goofy and Mickey Mouse on them. Yeah, because that was an LSD. Because somebody was wasting their LSD on fucking kids on Halloween. Totally yeah. buy that. I'm not sure. wasting my stuff. Bullshit. Not that I have stuff, FCC, whoever's <laughs> listening. <laughs> what, the FCC won't let you be or let you be you? I mean, what? <laughs> no, it should be, it won't let you be and let us talk about Halloween. Oh, oh nice. Oh, my God. Let's keep it going because Noah is fading and number I am three. loving number it. Shoes on the other foot. My number three Sorry. is Halloween 4. Patrick. My number three is Halloween 3. Dav? My number three is the most recent Halloween. All right. Uh, I will second that, brother. Halloween. Synergy. Synergy, synergy, synergy. I like it. I like it. Um, Synergy, our other cousin. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, um, yeah. So it looks like this is the the, the average ranking of Halloween 2018 is is right here. Not at number six at the mid of the franchise like me. No, no, no. Um, Halloween 4, uh, I I I have it here because I love Halloween 4. Um, so let's let you guys talk a little bit about Halloween 2018 and why it's, why it's number three, not number two. Or number six. Or number six. I can, Um, I can lead off and be contrary about why it's number six if that eases everybody into it. Sure, let's do that. Let's talk about why it sucks, Patrick. Uh, No, it's not suck. It's, (laughs) it's, it's right in the middle. It's mediocre. Right. Um, there's no scares in this movie. There, there is action. It's like aliens. It's beat, 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 beat. There's, there's no pause in the pace. Um, I like pause. It builds tension. There's no tension build in this movie. For I me. would argue that it's all tension. That it oh is yeah, it's totally tension, man. Up of tensions. I didn't feel that, that at all. It never really releases until the end. I, I didn't feel the constant ratcheting up at all. Well, do so. you, do you have a home that has automatic floodlights? Cause uh, that's that 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 does it for me. No. No. Um, okay. Uh, I don't have a, that I, sequence. I thought was one of the more effective. Yeah, it is. It is more effective. Um, on second viewing, not so much. Okay. What about the uh, the initial bus crash and the? Uh, oh the, yeah, no. Well, that's mm-mm. just the atmosphere of that scene, yeah. man. Like I, I thought that was like pure dread. That's when for me the movie like first kind of kicked into gear. It for will. me is very atmospheric. Uh, it, it's an homage. Uh, we've seen it before. We've seen that as on my second viewing, this. This homages the franchise so much that it's almost not its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's that's interesting because uh, when we were talking about Halloween two a second ago, I was about to say, you know, you have that when when we were talking about in relation to Gavin's placing it high, that opening sequence when I'm talking about you know taking the knife from Mrs. Elrod and killing what's her name, I was about to say scenes that are done better in Halloween 2018. Yes, so. It's 
I mean, that's a good point. It does homage the whole franchise in a way that does kind of feel like putting it all in a blender. I'll give you that. And it's I don't connect with Laurie as a character in oh, this movie. Okay. Uh, and that's the conceit of the movie. The movie hinges on Laurie. Yes. And I don't connect with her. I connect with Karen uh, as as a character and as what she's going through. And this is this is somebody who loves the franchise and said this. I could give two shits about Laurie Strode in this movie. Well, I I feel like Laurie was done a bit of a disservice in this movie by the way that she was uncoupled from Michael Myers and then the third act relies so much on her. Yeah. Um, so much so that by removing them as as elements that are connected in any way, we had to create this fucking Sartain twist to put Michael on the rails to get to Lori. So I, I can see how that she might look seem a little weak to you in a, in a rewatch. Yeah. I just haven't I haven't rewatched it myself yet, so right. I don't I don't know. Um Okay, uh yeah, so admittedly it is definitely a little bit of the new car smell on this one. Sure. I totally. really, really loved it in the theater and a lot of it has just been me comparing it to H two O, which was you know, the highest ranking of the sequels and one of my favorites consistently over all of these years. And it just it notches up above H2O in kind of every aspect for me, except for maybe where they take Lori. Uh, and, of course, what we talked about, the Sartain of it all, which, uh, one thing I will say for H2O, it is a very lean movie. There is hardly any fat on it at all. Yes. Unless you consider the LL Cool J of it all. Well, uh, I also believe H2O fat. is the the leanest and, and shortest. It is. Okay. Running yes. time, it is, it is the shortest. And a lot of that comes because while they were shooting, they were excising big chunks of the movie. Um, whereas this, they had a, a big shooting script. And, and they excised some stuff. They excised a, a little bit, but not a lot. I mean, this is, this is potentially a heftier film. Um, and who knows what got lost in that cut for, for Halloween 2018. I don't know yet. Um, I, I've talked to people who saw... The uh, the test screenings of this, right? Um, the 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 dinner scene where uh, it 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 seems like Karen is lying that Laurie Strode came to see her. There is actually a scene of Laurie Strode coming to Karen's uh, psychology place at psychology work. Place. So, I'm sorry, it's two o'clock in the know, morning. I know, I know. And uh, that scene is in the movie. Yeah. Uh, which the plays about for the thoughts and everything and it's that she's turning over a new leaf and it was a, a nice pause uh the original the original cut for this was uh two hours and 15 minutes for 18 jesus that's a rob zombie length movie yeah <laughs> and they cut it down to an hour 45 nice i would like to see what oh, yeah, i definitely is. want to see that yeah really that would. sounds dope as hell yeah the uh, yeah so there's there's a there's a bunch of character driven stuff that was excised for pace Right. Uh, they uh, they strategically thought, and with uh, the test screening audience, thought that it was it was just too slow with these scenes. I would have loved these scenes because I think it would have given the film more of what I was looking for. Right. In the breathing room between scene cut, scene cut, scene cut, scene cut. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
it would have given a little more breathing room, and that would have been nice. Yeah. Um, see, I I placed it pretty high. Uh, spoiler alert: it's my number two. Um, but that's because of, of of what Noah said. It's definitely the new car smell, um, and it had things that were just very fun. Like John Carpenter's fucking score is amazing. Phenomenal. And, you know, we have that wonderful opening that we didn't get to talk about when we talked about the movie before. And I, I immediately texted Noah. I was like, shit, we forgot to talk about the opening scene with the pumpkin reinflating. Yes. Which is that just was dope. a metaphor for the whole fucking movie. We have this desiccated, burnt-out fucking jack-o'-lantern. And we're going to put it back together, piece by piece, until here you are, it's Halloween again. Mm-hmm. That's genius. Very, yes. And it's... You know, it's it's those elements that right now have this firing on all thrusters for me. But, at the same time, I can see where you're coming from, Patrick. I connect more with the Carrie Tate, Laurie Strode, sister Laurie Strode, than I do this Laurie Strode. So it's possible that as time goes on, this starts to fall down and H2O starts to jump back up in my in my estimation. I don't know, we'll see. I mean, they're very close for me. They're six and five. Right. I just... Well, Jamie Lloyd is always going to be in between these two because... Well, that's why she's number four. I'm repping for for Jamie Lloyd for always. I'm the ride or die for Jamie Lloyd in this family, I think. Which is weird. It used to be you. I have her highest out of all of us. Oh, you... Whoa. I have her her number four. Number one? Oh, oh, you have her... You have her... Where Halloween have... 4 was number 3, Okay, right here. Okay, yep. We're swapped. Yeah. I, I have her at 4. That's what I'm saying, right. motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, Dan Chalice. I rated Ch- Halloween 4 the highest of the group. Dan Chalice. Right. Different different movie. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so uh, number... let's move on to number 2. We, we, we've legislated 2018 a bunch. Uh, my number 2 is Halloween 2018. Did you my number 2 is about? Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 from 2009. Yeah, I have. You just record. You stopped it before. You didn't catch anything of me with Halloween, right? The what? remake. I guess not. No, you didn't. Yeah. I loved the. I loved the the new one just because it was uh, it was fantastic. Uh, fired on every cylinder for me. Everything you guys said more. Dope score. Imagery was beautiful. Jump scares. Everything about it. Go see Halloween eighteen. Definitely. All right. Go okay. No, no. Really, go see it. Spend as much money as you can seeing it, so they'll make more. This isn't yeah. like go see the Prowler. We really want you to go see this. I really movie. want you to watch the Prowler yes. too. Shut up about the Prowler. Go see Halloween 2018, folks. Yeah, but my number two is H2O. Nice. Mm. Okay. So. Uh, Noah. It's all kind of the same things. Uh, Noah, your number two. Uh, I think it's become obvious at this point. Uh, my number two is Halloween three. Season of the Witch. Boom. I had it. I had it at three. You had it at two. I'm, I'm just gonna hit on Halloween two since I didn't talk when it came up earlier. Right. Because you love H two. I love H two. Theatrical and producers. Theatrical right. and producers uh, for very different reasons. Um, for years, I've been debating with people and reading debates online, going back, going back to the turn of this century, where. People want, they say they want something different from a Michael Myers movie. They want something new. This is different and new for Michael Myers. Somebody took 
the Michael Myers and the shape and went completely in their own direction with it. And I love it. I love the trauma. I, I love the brutality. Uh, I, I love the in-your-faceness to it. Uh, it has the most poignant death in the entire series. Yeah. Um, because it's Danielle Harris's uh, Annie. But it's not just Annie. There's subtextual layers playing because she played Jamie Lloyd. We knew her as a little kid. She's she's at point at one point the beating heart of this franchise. Yes. And she finally dies. Michael finally gets her. And Matthew brought this up. Um, the size difference between child Danielle Harris and adult Michael Myers in her four and fives. Uh, is the same height differential between adult Danielle Harris and uh, Tyler Maine as Michael uh -huh. Myers in this. So it's just like Michael Myers finally got Jamie Lloyd. And Brad Dourif's reaction is heartbreaking. Yes. Uh, it's this, this, I, I can watch this movie anytime. It beats me up. I feel bad. I feel like I've been through a car wreck. Um, this movie, uh, it rips my fucking guts out it's, every time I watch it. That's why I agree. it's that's why I it's agree. my number two. Um, and it, I like that. I like that. It's it's at that high on your list. I can see it. Uh, it's it's the intro to my top five. I love this one, but this is this is the one that affects me the most. I think, even though it's it's not as high on my list. Right. Um, and you guys had had a, had a bit of a split. We've got an H2O and we've got a three. We haven't talked a lot about H2O except in comparing other movies to it. Yeah. So, uh, so Gav, leave 2018, lead the charge. Um, I mean, uh, H2O, lead the charge. Sorry. H2O. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's a, it's the next time she's back after two. It's it's the continuation of that line of. You know, it, it plays well enough to say, okay, she did did fake her death, so it gives credit to the four, five, six, but it also is like acknowledges that one and two happened as well, all all in one. So to me, it completely validates the movies that have come before it. Doesn't try to do anything special or big. Does have just a drop in hint of like, oh, it's Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, and. I mean, if we're going to be real about it, it's the Sigourney Weaver moment at the very end. Totally. It's the Michael. It's the it's the axe. It's all right. I'm not running no more. I've locked you in here with me. You know, let's do this. And that's that's just that's what hits for me. That's yes, completely. And that's the moment that I feel we don't get in 2018. And I feel it's a stronger choice to have the you know. The fuck you moment. The I'm going to take my power back moment. Um, and if I wasn't so high on 2018 right now, it, it, it might... That scene alone might affect it. You know what I mean? I, I, got, I got another 2018 comment for you Sure, sure. <laughs> Lori Strode. Wily coyoteing rooftops and houses since 2002. That's true. All right, and and Noah, you had you had Halloween three, uh, season sure Oda Witch, which I had at number three. I haven't actually talked about it yet. Noah, lead me in. Um, 
I love Season of the Witch because of everything that it represents and just what the franchise could have been. The instinct, obviously, is like, if it doesn't have Michael in it, push this down the list a little bit. But in terms of favorites and what I think is genuinely, like, one of the creepiest of the movies. Because the overall concept, watching it as a kid and the realization and that ambiguous ending of just, like, are all of these kids about to <coughs> Like, what is actually about to happen was so much more unsettling to me in a way than at this point would have been established as, hey, there's this guy named Michael Myers. He's trying to kill his sister, Laurie Strode. So he's a really creepy guy in a mask, but he's got a target. So, you know, probably not going to run into it. If you're not her, but, you're fine. <laughs> exactly. But three opened up the possibility of like, it's literally a joke on children. I'm a kid watching this. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to get duped by Silver Shamrock. I gotta stay away from this. And then growing up with the movie a bit, I love that we have an adult lead character in the context of a franchise and at a time when you would expect it to be teenagers all day long, right. and you know the. The parents, the over 40 crowd, is always very absent from all of these movies until Jamie Lee Curtis herself transitions into that age range, okay? But Dan Chalice as a central character, I love, like, that maybe as as you grow up with it, you're reveling in, like, oh, he's not a great dad, blah, blah, blah. But to me, that's the horrifying aspect of it, is how much he ignores his children, his marriage, etc., throughout this movie stumbles onto what's actually going on and of course the ultimate implications are that his own children could be at risk and it's too late because he has ignored the situation to go on a road trip and sleep with someone half his age in a small town right yeah but aren't all dads in the 80s at that point doing that like isn't the close encounters guy just being like fuck you kids and like Going up, well, isn't that like a metaphor for fathers that, in the eighties? That's what though? I'm saying. Is like I don't think he's necessarily meant to be a protagonist that we like. It's more like the the jokes on him by the end of it because it's like you didn't pay attention. You could have saved your kids. Yeah. But like it's all come down to this, and that's a that's a running thread in horror movies in general that I really like. When you know the kids have the answers or the kids are the key to something, but the parents just aren't paying attention to it. Well, I feel like he. I feel like he knows that they were that they had. He knew they had the masks, right? So it's only yeah. then. Then does he feel compelled to do something? Like it's not like, oh, I didn't care about my kids and all that. It's like once he realizes, no, wait a minute. He, but he's very flippant about like literally bailing on his weekend with them yeah. to go yeah. off on this investigation it's, with this woman. Yeah, but with if he doesn't do Miller that, Light. then the yeah. kids are dead anyway. But it's it's definitely the nagging uh, the. You know, the, the things nav- nagging at his head about the death of the dude who showed up that drags him into it, and not at all his kids. You know, it's it's Ellie and, and, and her, you know. Listen, you find yeah. one man that doesn't want to go on a road trip, drink some Miller Lite and suck on some titties, and you, you, you find one. Exactly. You find one, and, I, and I'll tell him that he's not, you know, he's full of shit. See, one of the but, things that I love about the movie... Uh, is the everyman-ness of it that doesn't yes. exist anymore. Um, 
Tom Except Atkins. he's a doctor. No, but yeah, but look at Tom Atkins. He's <laughs> yeah. a, he's an everyman. If you were to, if you were the everyman actors of nowadays are like Casey Affleck and and people who don't look everyman that are prettier than everyman. Right. But like, they get like, cast in the roles that used to belong to Tom Atkins. The modern everyman, Summers on the Hamptons. Yes. Uh, that's what I love about this. Right. The Tom Tom's approaching fifty at this. He's. Uh, I love the everyman. I said I love the creep factor. Yeah, it is a little creepy. Uh, I love the fact that uh, Colonel Cro- uh, Colonel Cochran can deliver a speech almost better than Loomis. Yeah. Uh, so that much so that. Speech. See, I imagine when he when he gets vaporized by Stonehenge, that he gets beamed into the future and becomes uh, the head of OCP. I'm so glad you're out there. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, Dick, did, you're fired. Sorry. This movie just it fires on so many thrusters, and it's it's paced. It's Ooh. a quick moving moving movie, but you don't feel it while you're watching it. it yes. It's, Uh-oh. It's paced almost, almost perfectly. I would cut some of the days because it does. There's some weird things with. The beginning uh, the, is a little wheel spinny and a little bit just yeah. like we it's need to Monday. establish the passage. Of, oh, on Tuesday this happened. Oh, on Wednesday I decided I was still route. upset yeah. about Tuesday. Oh, on Thursday I'm drinking. <laughs> just saying. I just want to hang out in an '80s bar. Like that. One that other awesome. thing I want to highlight about three some of the most unique kills in the entire franchise. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. The the nose bone break, mm-hmm. the uh the laser to the face which like seems like a cheesy effect but when you see the aftermath of it Ooh, is like God. completely yeah. disturbing. And when she uh turned into robot parts, yeah. when I was a kid that was I mean I hadn't seen Westworld prior to this. I I had seen Terminator 2, that was my first R-rated movie. But like that, that was a huge shocker for me and very unsettling because, of course, as a little kid, I, you know, I was, I was like, ooh, this is pretty lady. And like, yeah, he's, he's sucking on some titties. So I was, I was into her. And then all of a sudden she's a robot and I'm like, robot titties. Oh. She's gonna like, she's gonna kill him. And also as a kid, not contextualizing like, oh, she's been a robot this entire time. Correct. Like that's the narrative I had in my head as a kid. And I was just like, oh, what the hell? This is so scary. And not fully putting it together until, you know, many viewings later. But. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I love three. I, um, so I, I, so are you still on Team Ellie's a Robot the whole time? No, no, no. I am, okay. I am, okay, just I am make not sure. at all. No, 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 no. Yeah, there just are people who still maintain that that's what the oh, deal was. And I'm like, No, that's... that would not work as a nerd. No, just Thank from you. the time that they're separated... And yes. he gets the exposition dump. Yes. Like she's being rejiggered, if you will. And uh yeah, no, that's how I've always taken it, again, upon rewatches. So but as a little kid, you're just like, There was this pretty lady, I saw her boobies for a second, and, and now she's, she's a robot, a robot. and gotcha. she's trying to kill Dan Chow. So in that time that she separated, can we say she's getting shamrocked? Is that what oh. it is? Oh hi just in the cast right now. Uh everybody had Halloween <laughs> at number one. <laughs> Yes, sorry. <laughs> I would uh, I, I, with without any further ado, I would say it is no secret 
Everyone has chosen Halloween 1978 Seriously, as their number one. What what more can we say about it? I mean, I just want to say go to the App Store, more, download but... Silver Shamrock, and you too can get Shamrocked. Ooh, um, I like that. Sorry, I yeah, we all love Halloween. Like, I I figured this was gonna happen. We'd spend I, all I this will time. Say this as a as a podcasting network, I can say that we have definitely devoted more time to talking about this one film and things related to it. Than, than any else. other in the history of cinema. There's a whole We've gotten more show. hours of content out of this one movie, this one hour and 40-something minute movie from 1978. That in and of itself is a testament to the original Halloween. That's Indeed. all I want to say on it. It's a fantastic movie. Of course it's number one. I would Go be watch shocked Halloween. if anybody else disagrees. Nope. We and, frankly would not be here having this conversation without this movie. It's very, I mean, that's very that's the important part. We would not have the relationship we have as cousins yeah. without this movie. Exactly. I don't so, know. I'm still contrarian. Well, yes, but well, I just they got to keep making more, then otherwise we can't be friends no more, right? Right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, it, it all ends I, if there's no I more do, Michael Myers. Honestly, I look forward to the potential of a Halloween movie every year, and we get together and record about it right oh. after we watch it. Hell yes. I, oh, I no, I'm thinking any any new stuff we all agree we definitely want to see. We should just make the... The old like, Blanchard review, I think. Yeah. Again, someone's going to have to Photoshop our heads onto the, the cock swinging kings of Tampa from uh, oh, yeah, Magic Mike. But, uh, but beside that, I mean, you you know... I, I like the whole let's go let's go watch something separately but together and then come back and talk about it well i mean yeah. we can also do this again for other movies it doesn't have to be a halloween movie yeah i was gonna say you guys gonna go uh, anything regular after you get done with this you gonna keep it horror because uh you know seems like all you're doing is horror movies you don't got any like like family friendly things you can talk about like the <laughs> Beethoven series, or maybe the Homeward Bound movies, or something. Oh, like that. we're definitely going to do the like a Benji Serbian film. <laughs> the Serbian film. Oh Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. That's your next one. A Serbian I'm film. Sure, I have to get like all new sorts of certifications for us to even talk about that movie on mic. Yeah. Oh my God, no. Um, like Last House on the Left. The Ser- a Serbian film. A nice toe dip. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sorry, I'm just quoting Noah at this point. Okay. Um, Martyrs. After this, we will be rolling into a look at the Scream franchise that we have dubbed the uh, the Gale Weathers Book Club. Gale Weathers Book Club? After which, we will take a look at the Evil Dead franchise, and in the coming year, we promise we will do something that is not horror-related. But for this year, we're closing out all horror. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, end of the year's fine, but, you know... Yeah. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the horror hangover, man. The horror hangover. The horror hangover. I like that. <laughs> that could be the ongoing title, the horror hangover with the brothers Blanchard. For sure. I mean, there are forty thousand Children of the Corn films. Oh Jesus God! Don't even get me started on the Leprechaun movies. Ugh. Oh, God. there's nine million Leprechaun movies. I'll yeah. make a boot out of you. There's extremely bad Hellraiser movies that I'm never gonna watch. <laughs> Did you watch that, that that Hellraiser documentary? That was pretty dope. Does it involve the word Hellraiser? Patrick hates anything involving Pinhead. I okay. watched one Hellraiser and that was enough. 
And who was in this Hellraiser movie? Uh, Terry Farrell. Right. Okay. Number Watch three. Hell on Hellraiser. Earth. Well, well, guys, Noah's raising hell at me to go ahead and get off this podcast because it's so late, and he doesn't even have to drive home. So uh, I'm just going to say I, I love you both. I appreciate you guys asking us to come do this. I I, I like talking about franchises all at once. Um, it's kind of crazy when we went right back to back with Halloween, but uh, I felt like felt bad the last time we got down and got talked because I was like I didn't say enough and I mean, maybe I didn't say it all now. Maybe we we'll have to do one more Halloween. No, we're not going to do another Halloween episode. I'm just. I, I think you know. we've definitely said everything we need <laughs> to say about Halloween for quite a while. We've been. We've been podcasting to death tonight. You don't know what death is. Cumberbatch is a feminist lumberjack. Benedict Cumberbatch is a feminist lumberjack. <laughs> hey, okay, so lumberjack. I've been wanting to try and incorporate something with Barry Shabaka Henley, just because I really like saying his name, but I don't know where to go with it. So if you guys have any suggestions. <laughs> Barry, hold on, what's the full name? Barry Shabaka Henley. Barry Shabaka Henley. Likes baklava. Okay. Likes baklava and Hennessy. Ooh, and Ooh okay. that's a good one. Yeah. Barry Shabaka Henley. Henley. Likes, likes baklava and Hennessy. I can't even do it. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a great cast. Barry Shabaka Henley likes baklava and Hennessy.